That's how business works, Ramsey, you fucking tool. The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Whole world going to shit. Planet Welcome to Planet Rage, the intersection of insanity and madness. Here are your hosts, Larry Blydner and Darren O'Neill. Hello and welcome to episode number 63. 63, baby. Whoa. Planet Rage and the rage goes on. It does. And on and on and on. That was a Robert Earl Keene song, wasn't it? The rage goes on forever and the party never ends or something like that. Sounds good to me. I don't know, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> this week, uh, this weekend in Chicago, it's an oddity. This is definitely an oddity. Okay. 22 shot. Nobody dead. Jeez, that is. I don't think you've ever said that before in 63 episodes. No, I don't think we've ever no. had another episode where nobody was killed. No. But so this is a weird week. So it's the Christmas ceasefire, sort of like that thing in World War One. Right. Yeah, we can all just go to our uh, retrospective corners yes. and uh, trenches. Yes, a respective, not retrospective. That would be a different thing entirely. Well, if you get in that Twilight Zone thing, with that, oh, but, uh, yeah, get a little Rod Serling action going exactly. on. Well, I had some of that because I was catching up with the last two episodes of that Larry show. And when you were talking about the, the crypto crap and all of the scams and how not to get scammed and you're like, the guy's like, I'll get that after watching this episode of one tree Hill. I'm like, how does Larry know what I'm watching? <laughs> I mean, out of all the shows you can pull out, how did you know that was the random show? We had never watched it. And we watched a movie that was based upon a song by a folk singer. I like Todd Snyder. Right. And there was a little indie movie made. The, about the you know based on the storyline of the song and sophia bush was in the movie and i'm like oh i like her and then went and saw which you know she was in one tree hill i'm like well let's let's try watching that and yes it's like teen melodrama and i still will blame bandrew for getting me on that bandwagon again <laughs> with the oc i mean it's really it's kind of it's i mean it's better although yeah. i watched dawson's creek with the wife when it was originally on so that's going back a long ways, but I still think this stuff is better than what's on the air today. But I just thought that was funny out of all the shows you can pick. It was the one that we're currently watching. That is funny. It just, it's just got such a funny title. Yes. You know, to me, I don't know. Just, it's, you know, it's like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. Know. You know, I, what we're, uh, we're in like the eighth season out of nine and I still don't know. There's okay. It, well, the town is in the sit in the show is called tree Hill. All right. But I don't know why it's then just, one tree yeah. hill but i mean most shows have have a have a title that's sort of reflective of whatever you know gun smoke or right. uh, uh you know batman is batman you know what that's about or you know but, but uh you know i don't know which may be why it took over two decades for us to watch an episode of one tree Maybe. hill <laughs> there you go it's like what yeah. i don't know this is something 
It could yeah. be. Sophia Bush wasn't in it. Probably wouldn't have watched it at all. But there you the go. Sophia Bush pointy. Yeah. I mean. Oh, okay. Within reason. All right. All right. We'll have to take a look. Now, also, <laughs> congratulations on getting through six years of that Larry show. Well, thank you. Thank you, Darren. Everybody yes, that listens it. to No Agenda heard the the new song because it was played at the end of No Agenda yesterday. Well, it was it was a truncated version was played. Yes. Oh, you definitely okay. want the unadulterated director's yeah. cut uh, extended right. dance exactly. mix. Yes. And I like how you point out it's like this is no damn backing tracks. This is me. That's right. That's right. Playing well, the I, guitar. I, 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 you know, I realized when I did that show that I, I sort of have this tradition of, uh, of stuff like this, of doing these, these songs. And the, first, the very first song was uh, the Charlie Brown Assisted Suicide. I, I redid that in the very first uh, episode. And then the following year, I did uh, that um, uh, Scandal Clause is Coming to Town because it was all the hashtag Me Too shit. I thought hey, it's time to get back on that uh, Christmas pa- song parody horse. So I did. Yeah, well, Christmas is very much tied to the music. Oh, God, yeah. And people remember it, and it gives a different vibe. Mm-hmm. And when you have the ability to sing, I mean, you do the lounge singer schlocky singing the best. I love doing that. You yeah. throw it, well, it's because it's fun. It is fun. It is, but you know what? The lounge thing, of course, relates to, I think, primarily like Vegas, right? right. Because you get the, the big room, but then you get the lounge. But the lounges don't really exist in Vegas anymore. The last time I was there, right? Now it's just the main room and and the fucking Jimboree thing that looks like uh, Burger King, you know, for adults. But there used to be every every good sized casino hotel had the main room and then at least two, sometimes three lounges where there was always an act doing something free. You could just sit down, have a drink, chill out, and and some some terrific talent in some of those lounges. But then there was a lot of the the lounge lizard type guys that, that I was sort of channeling when I did that. They were fun. I don't know if they really exist anymore. I'm sure they've got to be somewhere. I hope so. But probably not in any hotel that is making money. It might just yeah, be. <laughs> exactly. Nothing's free anymore. No. Well, no, because that's, I mean, it's interesting. I read something not too long ago, the breakdown of where Vegas's profits come from. And it used to be mainly from the gaming. And that's why everything else, well, we'll give you a free buffet. We'll give you the free yeah. shows. Well, that was me. We talked about that on our last episode. It used to be used to be profit revenues were about sixty percent from gaming and, and forty from entertainment. And that's been flipped over the past ten years or so. Yes. Yeah, tickets now are way oh it's absurd. way too expensive. Yeah. But the live stuff, Sinatra would tell right. jokes, but he was always when singing, he was very professional. Dean oh, Martin, God, yeah. completely different. Yeah. I mean the Dean Martin bootlegs, I I don't I can't say I like them more or less than the Sinatra stuff because Sinatra is really like a master class and somebody yeah. with the singing and phrasing and anybody that heard the last episode knows that we love old blue eyes, mm. but Dean Martin, there's a lot more fooling around. There is uh, you know, intentionally going into the lounge lizard kind yeah. of thing. Like, you know, he'd come yeah. out in like 30 seconds. He's like, I'm guessing cause this is all audio. Look at the piano player and be like, how long have I been on? You know, yeah. <laughs> there are a couple of ways. Like, you know, if you want to, there, there's one I would, should find the audio if I can, because there's yeah. one where he's just messing up the words intentionally. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, if you want to hear me sing serious, go buy an album. Yep. But according to Jim Bacon, who knew both those guys and was sort of, uh, 
you know, what's the word embedded in their, in their shows like these, the journals used to be in, in war theaters. Bacon, his line about them was that Frank spilled more than Dean drank. The whole <laughs> Dean thing was, it was an act and, and Frank really, he liked to hit that bourbon hard. Yeah. I believe, I believe that. that. Yeah. Dean was drinking apple juice a lot. Yes. He played the act well. He did. And when he sang to it, Sinatra, you could tell he was a performer. Dean was like, he was putting zero effort into everything that he was doing, but he still looked like the coolest guy in the room. Oh yeah. That was just total shtick, man. It's so easy. I'm, I'm a natural. I'm Dino. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it really played well and people, you know, people tried to emulate that, but <laughs> I suspect Dino put quite a bit of effort into his singing, but uh, you know, it's, that would be my guess. Yes. Now, I was amazed that you actually went out and bought podcasting for dummies once in a long time. I thought that was I did. great. I did. And it was apps for me. It was fucking inscrutable. And it was huge. I mean, this thing was probably four inches thick. It was a massive book. And almost all of it was the technical shit, you know, and it was, it was just, it was, it was, because I don't think there was a blueberry or a, right. Or a Libsyn. None of those things existed. So you basically had to be a fucking techie to uh, distribute whatever you did. And I just, you know, I looked at it for about an hour and said, fuck this. So, it was, yeah, it was yeah. back in the day you had to roll your own and do everything yourself. Yeah. Yep. But even now, if people are like, well, what do you need to do to start a podcast? I'm like, I don't know. Start, you know, start, get a microphone. Yes. And record. Yes. It really is not much harder than that, especially because of all the services now that will allow, like you said, where you could just go and get a turnkey thing and say, I want to have a podcast and all these podcast hosts are like, okay, we'll take care of it. Well, don't they have a, let's ask CSB. Don't they have an an AI podcast maker yet? (laughs) They must, right? That would be good. Yeah. You never have to actually, watch. If there's 4 million now, how many will there be when that gets out? <laughs> well, that's the, well, you see a lot of that on YouTube. I don't know if it's really gotten into the podcast space, but there is a ton of videos on YouTube that are all just created by AI that are, you know, bad ways of retelling a news story. Yeah. And you can tell. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, the technology is getting better, but you can still tell it is not perfect, but it's going to, you know, if it gets there, that'll be great. Then they won't need anybody. I mean, you could have an AI then that listens to all podcasts too, rather than needing actual humans to listen. An AI can create the podcast and other AIs can listen to it. Well, you know, there's not, there's nothing new. I mean, I, I equate this, the AI thing in many regards to like, um, some years ago, here in Hollywood, um, there was a, there was a, a big, pretty big, big small business, if that makes sense, on Santa Monica Boulevard called Barbara's, right? And it was used by people would write hand by hand or type screenplays, and then you could bring it to Barbara, and she had two floors in a, in a strip mall on Santa Monica Boulevard, and I forget what the hell it was, a buck a page, five bucks, whatever the hell it was. I think it was probably two dollars a page, something like that. There were dozens and dozens of chicks sitting inside there hammering away on IBM Selectric uh, typewriters who would take some absolute, almost unintelligible shit and format it so it looked like it just came right out of Warner Brothers. I mean, totally professional looking, um, brass tack bound, um, perfectly formatted screenplays 
of course, when you read them, they still sucked. Right. They were absolute shit. But they, but they looked, looked, they looked like a screenplay, you know, like the same, like the guy that does the, uh, you know, Excedrin commercials on TV. He looks like a doctor, but he's some fucking cokehead actor. Um, and I think AI is is kind of the next generation of well. Anyway, what put, I'm getting ahead of myself or behind myself. What put barbers out of business was a piece of software that came out at least 20 years ago called Final Draft, and it did what all those women did on their IBM Selectors. You could just sit down and and like a chimpanzee, just bang away, and that that uh, that software would format it with the proper indentations and when when uh, italics were needed and so on and so forth. Boom! It looked fucking great. And, and a lot of people say that's really what began the ruination of Hollywood because ah. suddenly, you know, to, to do a screenplay took some effort, some actual right. physical effort. You had to write it yourself by longhand or type it yourself by longhand. Now with that shit, it's just basically anything. And it just, it just comes out looking good. And somebody, oh, look, I, I got a screenplay. It's great. You know, let me, let me, let me uh, pester some agent and see if they want to represent it. Which that that actually shut the doors. The, the agents' gates came down with a with a resounding thud uh, within a couple of weeks of the release of Final Draft. Well, that would make sense. The bar for entry used to be well, it took effort to get it looking professional, and that yes. was the first thing that they decided because probably eighty percent came in that didn't look professional. They went right into the trash. Precisely. Thank you. Well said. Now everything yeah. looks professional, and they're like, "Ooh, I have to look at this." Yeah, but usually yeah. within the first paragraph, you know, shit. Unless you have an AI that can take your thoughts and yeah. eloquently put them right. into the style of, which is also yeah. a scary kind of a concept that you could just give it a very basic storyline mm. and be like, well, redo this in the style of Stephen King or whatever yeah. a popular romance novelist is or whatever. Mm-hmm to try to make it seem, you know, like that genre to, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the technology is interesting. Adam is. Curry was talking about that the other day with the art, because a lot of people want to submit now yes. artwork that is AI created. And you can tell that there's something off about it. I don't know if something you can, missing. Necess- you know, human right. spirit. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know a lot about it, but on the face of it, until I know more, I'm definitely in the Adam camp on the whole thing. It's certainly not going to replace creative people anytime soon. I mean, it can make a quick mock-up or something if you need it. I guess. But details, maybe not so much. Mm -hmm. But then again, details are important. Yes. Well, that's uh, Mies van der Rohe said God is in the details, and he was quite the architect. So, yeah, it's true. Now, there was a story that kind of annoyed me this Uh week, as, as they are wont to do. And this one, so again, this is a case of where I've looked this up in every possible place because we're living in a world, as we've talked about, that there are people getting arrested in places like New York, having 20,000 fentanyl pills in their possession, and they don't get charged with dealing because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's wrong to, it's wrong to charge those people with. Yes. With with the, no, it's, everything's fine. You can do it. Well, there was a article multiple places about a 16 year old girl in the Ozarks down Missouri that died from one fentanyl pill that or a fentanyl laced ecstasy that was given to her right. by a 17 year old friend of hers. Mm-hmm. 
and they're charging the kid with murder and child endangerment. And I'm like, wait, can you as 17? Can you in? Is it really child endangerment to do something with a 16 year old? It seems it, it seems a little bit bizarre. Yes. In this case, tragic circumstance, no doubt, 16 year old girl dead. Mm-hmm. Now you go through the whole thing and the mother as I guess mothers are want to do when they are really horrible parents and their kid dies of a drug overdose. She wants to blame the kid that got her the drug and released a bunch of social media posts calling the guy out. You know, this kid with his name has had drug issues since he was 14 and his parents really didn't do anything until he was 16 and out of control. Mm-hmm. My daughter's dead because of what he did and that they weren't friends. I want to make that clear. They weren't friends. It's like, but he came to your house after she contacted him and brought her drugs. I mean, it sounds like maybe they were friends. Mm. The thing that got me though, was at the end of this story after they're pushing it off that this girl was, you know, an honor student, all of this. Well, when the authorities were at her house at the scene, it said family told police, this is from Fox news that the girl, while not an addict, had experimented in the past with other drugs, including weed, Molly, and cocaine. I just want to know, was a 16-year-old Larry well-versed in weed, Molly, cocaine, or ecstasy, or any of this? Because I'm just wondering what the hell's going on with 16-year-olds if you're like, well, you know, not an addict, but at 16. Yeah, she experimented, they used to call it. Uh, Uh No, I didn't do any of that shit, no. No. I didn't either. And I, I don't I know don't anybody. My, there was nothing called Molly. Molly was where I went to high school. Um, but uh, there was no drug by that name that I knew of back then. I think that's kind of new. But what do I know? I've never been in that shit. So no, same here. But I was around yeah. nobody that was doing that at that yeah. age. I mean, now, yeah. I mean, if you're in the no agenda community, you know, a lot of people that are smoking weed. Sure. But far less that are doing. I mean, I can't really point to one person. Then I'm like, oh, yeah, they're a regular uh, cocaine. They do cocaine a lot. They're on all, you know, weed. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, yeah. but all this other stuff as a sophomore in high school and to be like, this surprised you that the girl OD'd. It's like, we all know we've talked about the fentanyl for, mm-hmm. it seems like since we started this show that it's mixed in with everything. And if you're going to do any illegal drug that you don't know who's providing it to you mm-hmm. and where it came from. It's a dice roll. Yeah. There's a chance yeah. you're going to die. Sure. And I feel bad for this woman, but it's like, you're like, well, I heard her go outside to meet a friend at 1130 that night. It's like, uh, this is also, I'm like, if I was a sophomore in high school and I walked out of the house at 1130 at night, my parents wouldn't have been like, oh, I just heard him go outside to meet a friend, but then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, Hey, I saw an interesting video which uh, I'm sure you've seen these of, of uh, there's, uh, there's been two. First was a dude. And now there's one of a, a female police officer um, just sort of um, passing out, going into some type of a trance state, I guess. Oh yeah. Just from the fentanyl exposure. Yeah. Just like to open the trunk of the car and there happened to be fentanyl in there. Uh-huh. And I thought, wow, I mean, is that shit really that powerful? I mean, it wasn't snorted, it wasn't shot, it wasn't eaten, just like breathing the air where I guess it had been. But I I assume it was wrapped up in, I I would doubt they sort of 
dump it in a car loose. <laughs> right. In some type of a bag, I would think. Well, right? I saw one where a, a fairly large cop, you know, like 250 yeah, I, pounds, mm-hmm. like picked something up with yeah. fentanyl on it and immediately couldn't breathe and went down. Yeah. Yes. And but they've this got one. Yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But what they need it. That's why all of a sudden you're seeing in a lot more places, these Narcan disposal right. things. So right. the not disposal that, you know, you can get at it if you need it. Kind of like break glass if, you know, somebody's yeah. drugged. Yeah. But that sounded so weird to me. I know this shit is supposedly extremely potent, but the latest one of this female uh, police officer, it was it was viewed by allegedly by a bunch of emergency room doctors and they they threw some shade on it. They said that in their experience, and they've handled a bunch of fentanyl overdoses or whatever, um, it didn't, it didn't uh, pass the sniff test to them. They said this woman probably had a panic attack. And as you, you're right, I think that that big, that 250-pound cop, I think one, one jolt of Narcan was enough to straighten him out. Right. This woman, they gave her three, three, and she still wasn't lucid. Um, so they said that these guys, these ER doctors allegedly said that they thought it was more of a psychological thing than actual chemical poisoning. So, Which is also possible. Yeah, sure it is. But this is why you can't read the comments because everybody lies. Yes, they do. When I was reading the comments on the story about Rod Stewart's son that, you know, oh, he was rushed to the hospital. He had a heart attack. It's like, well, no, it was a panic attack. And there was somebody in one of the threads on Breitbart, I think it was, that was like, well, I'm a medical doctor and no panic attack is going to make somebody turn blue and pass out. So I just did a quick search. And the first one that came up was the girl that was in Pretty Little Liars, Ashley Benson, and an article where she was talking about how bad her panic attacks were and had one on set. Where she Ooh. stopped breathing and turned blue. There you go. So it's like, well, okay, doctor, okay. this is just one. Ra- and it's like, it was from like 10 years ago. Yeah. So obviously it happens. Right. But if you were to be, you know, if you're the ones reading these comments, you're like, well, a doctor said that wouldn't the happen. So, uh huh. Yeah. And I'll bet he started that with as a, <laughs> it's always as a, whatever the fuck it is, fill in the blank as a, as soon as I see as a discounted, you're full of shit. That is how it's you somebody know. pontificating. I'm up on my soapbox. I'm now going to tell you how much better I am than you because a, as a, you know, yeah. Well, that was one of the reasons why uh, this was a throwback clip from like six years ago, but it was a, and I guess it was viral at the time, a millennial talking about what is wrong with millennials. But part of the reason I clipped it was the way it starts, which is, of course, let me get the volume here. As a millennial. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's that's we need to cut that. And there yeah. was a little music at the beginning. We pulled that out. Uh, but yes, as a millennial, right. and then she goes on. I took it upon myself to try to evaluate what's so wrong with our generation and why they're so mad at us. And then I pretty much realized that we're just existing. We're not really contributing anything to society. Our generation doesn't have the basic manners that include no ma'am and yes ma'am. We don't respect our elders. We don't even respect our country. We're stepping on our flag instead of stepping up to volunteer. And we idolize people like Kim Kardashian and then we shame people like Tim Tebow. We're lazy. We're really entitled. 
And we want to make a lot of money and have free education, but we're not really willing to put in the work. We're more divided as a country than ever before. And I think our generation actually has a lot to do with that. Everything that used to be frowned upon is now celebrated. So as it started and ended, I love both. Yes. Everything that used to be frowned upon is now celebrated. This was six years ago. I think it's gotten 10 times worse. Oh, it has. No doubt. Yes. And a millennial is what? I think it's like 1980 plus birth date. Isn't that it? Somewhere in there. Yes. I'm always forgetting. And it seems like it's a moving thing. And then I feel like, wow, I'm really old because I'm in the 50 and over group. And uh, you're a gen, what, gen Xer, I guess I would think. That would sound right. Yeah. You can't trust those millennials, except obviously this girl. She knew she knew what she was talking about, she knew. Yeah. which I mean, it's good. It's like it's it's good to know that there are some people that are a part of the group that are going here's yeah. here's our problem here. And it's like, yeah, that is it's like people don't want to work, which is part of the reason we are in a crisis right now, because people don't want to work. But there are a bunch of jobs. And I mean, I really shouldn't have even done this, but I pulled this clip today as well. We're, we've spent way too much time in the last two <laughs> decades in america talking about our feelings we ought to deal with some facts see you got a little dave ramsey clip i just want i mean i used to try to get this in early yeah. just to get you rolling just to get me torqued up right it's like it's kind of <laughs> like with the it's, you take a vintage muscle car i mean you can't just slam on the gas and go right. you, you got to get it warmed up a little bit idle a little bit yes get a little rev in there <laughs> And then let your feelings decide from there how you feel about the facts. Mm-hmm. But let's let's start with facts because that changes everything. That leads me to something I want to talk to you about. You've got your finger on the pulse of this whole freaking job market that yeah. is the weirdest job market I have ever seen yeah. in 50 years. Oh, yeah. I've been working 50 years. Oh, yeah. Uh, started cutting grass when I was 12. I'm 62. Okay. So, but I mean, I've been in the workplace 40 years, right? And and, and I've owned a business a lot of that time of one kind or another. And I've never seen a job market. This is the weirdest dadgum job market. On the one hand, we've got. It is the weirdest dad, dadgum, dadgum job gum. market. Dad, dadgum market. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, I, by the way, and sure, you know, when he was 12 cutting lawns, he had his finger on the pulse of the job market <laughs> even then. I just like the guy that's with him is like the ultimate yes man. That's the only he, reason yes. the guy's there. Yes, this is official sycophant. Right, Dave. Right, Dave. Yes, Dave. Right, Dave. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. Uh huh. Yes, yes. I, I really, I need to watch more because if if he ever just went, wait, wait, no, Dave, you're totally wrong. Then, oh. then I'll retract that. But as of yet, last show that'll be his last show. Right. He'll disappear right at that point. You're right. right. Got these immoral corporate dupers. Late dupers. Yeah. What's what is a, a duper? Du- what the fuck is, is a duper? Is that somebody who smokes doobies? Is it a duper? What is that? I think it was duper, which I don't even know. Oh, dupers? Let's yeah. hear the roll that back. Let's see here. Oral corporate dupers. Maybe it oh, is yeah. dupers. dupers. No, I say I thought I thought you were right. Yeah. D-U-P-E-R, I guess. I don't know. We'll do the Joe Biden thing. And we'll, Those we'll, dad gum. Whatever the fuck they are, they're dead gum. Yeah, they're dead gum dupers. Let's slow this down. Dupers. Yeah, I think you're right there. It's hard to say. It's Southern, whatever it is. If there's anybody Southern in the troll room, they'll know what he means. They'll know. Laying people off just to run their profits up or because they're scared of what might happen next year. And anticipation of that, they do 10,000 people, put them on the street, right? There's that. There's people leaving their jobs. So stop. So Dave Dave wants them to to operate at a loss, right? That's how business works, Ramsey, you fucking tool. 
That's how it works. Yeah, I don't understand his because this was the last week he was on the same bent, which yeah. was the companies are laying people off. And it, it was either in that one or this one where he's talking about, well, they're looking for what may be happening next year. And I'm thinking, well, that's exactly what Fortune 500. This is exactly what yes. large companies do. Yes, they forecast. Yes, they don't wait they have to until they're in the toilet to go. Well, now we should do right. something. Yeah, this guy's such a fraud. He's so full of shit. He really is. He knows nothing. They're trying to be proactive. You're absolutely right. And he's just like, why are they doing this? It's like, well, because that's how companies run. Yeah. I mean, you look at how the government's being run now. I'd like to see his resume. I bet you it didn't get too much farther than the lawn mowing business. Really, <laughs> Maybe. Really? People like his down home dad gum charm where he comes dad, out. I'm sure they do. Of course they do. And gives yeah. you a little plain sense. I'll tell you in plain sense English what you need to do, dad gum. Mm-hmm. that's the uh that's the shtick yeah it may be working and maybe <laughs> digi yeah. hey. guru says your rage motor is officially started <laughs> well good because then we can move on to uh keith olbermann oh i was hope i was hope, I, my fingers are <laughs> crossed darren i figured you'd you'd get that yeah i mean i did I, mention that on twitter but we, we should gang up on him i know you suggest we could do like a whole show on keith and that's probably true that was a little that was some hyperbole he's not (laughs) worth a whole show to be to be honest but but he is going off this is very very recent keith olberman going off about all of this january 6th stuff and of course we all know since we have a brand new house of representatives coming in Mm. once january hits and they're just all about to go home for the holidays. Well, now they're releasing their findings of what Donald Trump did on January 6th. And will there be criminal charges? And uh, Oberman talks about something here that I even pulled another clip from an interview with Cash Patel, who was the chief of staff for the secretary of defense at the time. Mm-hmm. All this went on to show you how um, Oberman's a total dip. Implausible as it sounds, since they are as imbecilic as they look, they have to have coordinated this. As imbecilic as they look, but this, this, no, this isn't name calling at all, right? No, no. This is right out of the gate. We're not right. trying to make any points. And he's going to be talking about Donald Trump and Elon Musk, but they're both just imbecilic. Right. Sure thing, Keith. The fascists have put on another push to. And the fascists, the fascists, everybody's a fascist. Yeah. Except like Keith would know. He should be looking in the mirror. Mm. Sell January 6th as some kind of false flag operation for reasons that are pretty easy to suss out. The news here, I think, is that the coordination, the collusion, if you will, is principally between Elon Musk and Donald Trump. So here's a new one. Oh my God. So, so let me get this straight. So Putin's out and Musk is in as the new Trump influencer. Yes. I got that right. Yeah. They're working together. Oh. They are working together and he's making right. fun of the collusion, even though it's Ooh. been proven over and over again that the yeah. collusion with Russia was a hoax. It was all yeah. started with the Hillary Clinton campaign, probably Hillary Clinton, but they have not, to be fair, connected the dots all the way to her, but to her campaign, yes. Mm-hmm. that the whole thing was made up. But he, Keith Olbermann obviously still believes in that Russian collusion story. Yeah. And the explanation for that unholy and unhinged alliance. It's an old unholy and unhinged and alliance. Unhinged. 
the www. <laughs> Unholy and unhinged, right here on the mighty you? No Agenda Stream. It's a great, it would be a good yeah. podcast name. Well, you're right. That'd be a good one. The Unholy, right. and, Unholy and Unhinged, unhinged Podcast. I like that. It's like, um, I mentioned that before. It's interesting. That's the word, especially on YouTube, for all of these folks that think that they're journalists that want to follow stuff with Donald Trump. The word unhinged is probably, I know I made fun last year of all of the reports using the word bombshell, bombshell, bombshell. Yes, yes, yes. This year, I think it's unhinged. I think that's, I think that is, uh, has taken the bombshell role Mm -hmm. and everything is now uh, Trump's unhinged Musk unhinged. Yes. They love, they get those words. It's like a terrier with a rat and they just shake it to death. They can't stop themselves because they have no other words in their heads. It's like, it's like a memo goes out to all these chooches. Here's the, here's the new hip slick word to use. Shoehorn it into everything you say. Right. Because can I ask you a question? What is the opposite of unhinged? Yeah. Right. You know, nobody ever says the hinged Joey, do they? You're right. Right. It's like nobody ever says hinged as in like, they're really with it and uh, Mm -hmm. they're not off the rails. They're not going emotionally off the rails anyway. Yeah, but it's like There's what is, holy and unholy. That's very clear, but I've never heard hinged. You're right. But it's like, point. why unhinged too? It's like, well, what does what does that really mean? Unhinged. Yeah, I'm sure they'll change the definition. Don't worry. Is a yeah. little bit more impenetrable. Musk is doing it with his holier than thou analysis of Twitter's deplatforming of Trump. Okay, so now why is it a holier than thou analysis when he's just releasing the files? Yeah. And explaining what they deplatformed Trump for. How is that holier than thou? Yeah. You mean he's pointing out the truth and you don't like it. So that means it's holier Mm -hmm. than thou. Yeah. Trump has picked it up with interviews in advance of the House Committee report and its criminal referrals and his likely indictments and even likely indictments, likely indictments. There we go. Yeah. Remember the thing that Adam did the way he right. did a super cut like you're with bombshell the walls are closing in the walls are closing. It was repeated ad nauseum. Yes. The walls are closing in. Now it's likely indictments. Yeah. It's like a thousand uh, sealed indictments. Yes. Yes. That was another good one. Yeah. It's all coming. Oh, it'll all be coming down the pike. Yeah. the pike that's that's one people get wrong all the time and it kind yes. of makes sense when you because you could say coming down the pipe because you know if you know plumbing things come down the pipe they do yeah but as i think the saying's coming down the pike right that's the that's uh, correct original yes. as in turnpike yes. yes and people are like what's a turnpike well that comes from the uh you know like checkpoint charlie that little uh that little gate that comes down is re- that's technically called a pike and on some older rural roads, it would actually turn like a turnstile and they would charge a toll. And that's where Turnpike came from. The Mark more you know. Yeah. Marjorie Trailer Park Green. And I've. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I really, this, this should be cut into like a thousand clips. I've it watched should. a couple of Keith Olbermann videos looking for stuff. And my God, I should get hazard pay. But every time he mentions marjorie taylor green uh that's he does the trailer park joke and it's like yes you know it's funny like once but when you do it every time it's like that the shtick gets a little bit old and i know well it's, it's just it's him he can't he cannot as none of them can divorce himself or put aside for even a moment his elitism 
You know, look at what that fuckball did with his with his absolutely retarded um, get your vax thing. Oh, yeah. He had remember he had to shoot it from the balcony right. of his Central Park West apartment. Right. Could have been anywhere else. But it's, what was the underlying message? Look where I live. Hey, Keith, fuck you. Um, I, I've seen a lot of trailers. Some of them are pretty awful, but there are some around there, which are in fact, there are there are trailers in Malibu that cost a fuck ton more. Than Keith Olbermann's Central Park West apartment. I know this for a fact. Okay. So he doesn't know shit. He no. really doesn't. And I know we come up with different names for Joey, but it constantly evolves and changes. If you're using the same thing, like three months later, you're, you're not paying attention because there's a lot yes. of stuff. There's a lot to work with, with yes. Joey was doing it with her if i'd planned it we would have won dribble but of course she screwed up what she was supposed to say consider bluntly after the january 6th committee reports its findings and makes its referrals a sizable percentage of this country will no longer describe itself as uncertain or ambivalent or even forgetful about wait, wait, Trump. stop did he say ambivalent <laughs> Let's see. We're even <laughs> forgetful about Trump's coup on. I'm sorry. I didn't go back far enough. Earls, a sizable percentage of this country will no longer describe itself as uncertain or ambivalent or even. Yes, he did. He did say ambivalent. He, he did say ambivalent. <laughs> there'd be a show title. Ambivalent. 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 How do you. You're <laughs> drooling if you need an ambivalent. Um and this is a podcast. So, I mean, dude, did you not hear that? Yeah, really? Really? I thought this was some live thing. Yeah, you're right. Holy shit. He's such a chooch. It's like you would think you would have maybe fixed that. You're like, well, people are going to make nobody. Will, nobody will hear. Nobody's going to make fun of that. No, no. He's ambivalent. But he's talking yeah. about the fact that when these findings come out mm. on the January 6th stuff that a bunch of people are going to now change their opinion on Donald Trump and it's going to be enough to put him in the ground politically. And then he even says here, it's like, well, whether that's two or 22% and I'm like, dude, I don't think you understand math because if this only converts 2% of the people, that's probably not going to be enough. Yes. Forgetful about Trump's coup on January 6th, that newly informed or reinformed demographic could be 2% or 22%. But whatever it is, it will be enough to put Trump right back behind the public and criminal eight balls. Now, what, what criminal eight ball has Donald Trump ever been behind? Yes. I yes. know they keep wanting to charge him with something. The latest being the documents they took out of Mar-a-Lago. Like, oh, my God, he's got he's got the nuclear secrets. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? And what's come of that? Nothing. Not a single thing. Not a thing. Not one charge. Nothing. Kind of like the Russian collusion. What charges have come out of that? Not one. Yeah. Not but, for lack of trying, though. But Keith, you know, he's really not much of a wordsmith or a scribe at all. And what he does, if you listen to this asshole, like most of his ilk, all he can really do is string together one tired cliche after another. Even if it doesn't fit, he'll shoehorn it, shoehorn it in there, like behind the eight. But what the fuck does that even mean? Why does that fit here? It doesn't. But he thinks it sounds kind of cool. Hey, maybe I shoot some pool. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm one of the hip kids. This guy's a fucking idiot. I mean, his voice sounds good. I'll give him that. But the word. Well, it's, it's overdone. It's, you know, there was a thing. Um, 
Ben Affleck appeared on Saturday Night Live some years ago and did an impression of Keith Olbermann. And I realized that guy's, it was awesome. He really has talent. It was so fucking spot on. It was absolutely hysterical. And he, he, he latched onto all the, the nuances and idiocies of Keith's delivery and was brilliant. As clearly as he was one year and 341 days ago. And it will also put the Republican Party and Kevin McCarthy and Marjorie Taylor Greene right back behind those same eight balls. I still don't know what eight balls those are. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't either. I'll keep looking. Yeah. Thus, it is imperative that Trump pushes the nonsensical narrative that the protesters he said he would take to the Capitol were then somehow replaced literally minutes later by Antifa replicants or they and FBI guys like Ray Epps. Uh Ball. (laughs) Don't leave them out, Keithy. Don't leave the members of the government agencies that were there. Mm hmm. And if Keith Olbermann's dumb enough not to think that there were any agent provocateurs in that crowd. But this is why it comes down to, again, the preparation for that, which he'll get to here. Only inspired to violence because Nancy Pelosi and thus Trump picked up the dead carcass of this alternate timeline in an interview with Christina Bob for One American News. And yes, I know Christina Bob is one of his lawyers, and that would be a fatal conflict, but for the fact that she's about as much of a journalist as the latest aging actress on the latest TV infomercial. So now Keith Oberman's saying that if you're connected to any politicians, you shouldn't be doing an interview with them on the news which is exactly why he was fired like 12 years ago because he gave money to democratic candidates and at that time i think it was nbc was like uh no you can't do that wouldn't we love to go back to those times where journalists if they Mm. gave money to politicians of either side were like yeah we're not gonna let you do your job anymore because you can't be you can't be yeah you can't at least even pretend to be unbalanced correct But this is what Keith then brings here. This is Donald Trump, I think, being interviewed. They don't want to know about Nancy Pelosi turning down 10,000 soldiers because she doesn't look like the look. Now, if you had 10,000 soldiers for, you know, hundreds of people, they wouldn't have gotten anywhere near the place. It wouldn't have been there would have been no no January 6th. There wouldn't have been a January 6th. That might be the problem. Oh, no. Well, there are a lot of people that think they wanted it. But but if you had soldiers circling and I recommended it strongly, but it's her decision. She's the one that has to make the decision. Then just for the record, and I feel like I'm reading the may cause death warning on the side of a package of cigarettes. Just for the record, Trump never signed any order to send 10,000 troops or one troop to the Capitol. And the Speaker of the House has no control over any branch of the military. And since there is no governor there, the National Guard in the District of Columbia can be activated only by the President of the United States, and nobody can turn him down. He is absolutely wrong. Mm -hmm. And here's the interesting thing, because I remember this from when it happened. Yes. And I remember this. You covered it very well. You did a great job deconstructing that story. Well, and a lot of it came from what I learned from Mm -hmm. bill o'reilly talking to cash patel which is why like that's the audio that we need to follow this up with but the most interesting thing was doing a google search 
on, I forget the exact word, but you know, who can authorize National Guard, Washington, D.C.? Everything that comes up, like the first bunch of pages, is all things that are less than a year old, mm-hmm. which should tell you everything you need to know. Yes. This is another rewriting of history. This is another we're trying to bury mm-hmm. the truth. And Keith Oberman is correct in one thing. Donald Trump didn't sign an order because he didn't have an order to sign. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump had the ability to authorize sending the National Guard to the Capitol. But the law, as Cash Patel will point out in this clip here, that's a two-parter, which is the president is the one that can authorize Keith Oberman's correct, but it has to be requested. Which is the reason why the National Guard's never been brought into the areas in Chicago where all the crime and deaths and people getting shot are happening. Because the local authorities here, the mayor or governor, Mayor Lightfoot, Governor J.B. Pritzker, if they were to go to the president and go, hey, we would like the National Guard here, the president can then authorize them. Right. The president cannot go, hey, there's a crime problem in Chicago. I'm sending the National Guard into your jurisdiction. You can't do that. But that's where this was a big lie. It's like, no, that's not the case that only the president could send them in and nobody could say no. But we'll pull the clip here. This again, Cash Patel, Bill O'Reilly. In the Trump O'Reilly history tour, Donald Trump said, hey, on the 5th of January, I called the defense secretary and asked that he suggest that 10,000 guard troops be moved to Washington. And that's true. We confirm that. You know that's true, right? Yeah, I was in the Oval Office when we had that conversation with the President of the United States and the Secretary of Defense. And not only was it 10,000, it was 10 to 20,000, whatever was necessary anywhere in the world. And as you and your viewers know, that's required under the law before any National Guard can be deployed. Okay, but the Guard wasn't deployed. Do you know why? Yeah, the second part of the law. The second part of the law demands, requires that a mayor or governor or United States federal agency has to request the National Guard before its deployment. It requires presidential authorization and a request from Mayor Bowser in this case or the United States Capitol Police in this case. And we went to them before January 6th after getting President Trump's authorization. And we said, do you guys need National Guard men and women around the Capitol? Mayor Bowser and the Capitol Police said no in writing to the Department of Defense before January 6th. So they put it in writing, we don't want the National Guard to protect the Capitol on January 6th. Is that correct? They, they uh, wanted about 300 troops. We told them we had an upwards of 10 to 15,000 available. They said no, that was not needed. And the, the 300 troops they sent did traffic duty. And I think there was also <laughs> something in there that only 144 at any time would be active. So they wanted like two shifts of traffic duty. Right. And what this would go to prove since this is in writing, there is a record of this all going down. Mm. If Donald Trump really wanted there to be an insurrection and violence and to take over the Capitol building, why was he requesting National Guard troops to protect the Capitol building the day before? Of course. I mean, that's, I guess logic just doesn't make sense. Good logic. logic and truth doesn't enter, enter into it. But Keith Olbermann, more than happy to keep talking about Russian collusion. He's more than happy to tell you that this 
that he, oh, oh, Trump could have sent as many troops as he wanted. It's like, dude, you are so stupid. He is. But that's is. the left. They lie. They lie yes. and they get away with it. I thought it was interesting. The new guy that is running CNN now, I just pulled a, a quote from him mm-hmm. that because there's a lot of people that don't like the moves he's made. And I don't know if this guy is honest or not. He's in the media. He's running CNN. So probably not. But he said his goal was kind of to have a without using, I don't think he used the word fair and balanced, but he was wanting to have a (laughs) rational debate from both sides was his goal. And with the changes he made, the quote from him was uh, quote, the uninformed vitriol, especially from the left has been stunning, which proves my point. So much of what passes for news is name calling half truths and desperation. That's a great podcast name too. name calling half truths and desperation. Desperation. Boy, this, this show is full of me, right? I hope you're writing these down because <laughs> yeah. I know you're going to want to do more podcasts. Oh yeah. 17 aren't enough for you. And here's two great names right there. It's so. going to keep adding them. One of them will work. <laughs> One of them will really drag in a big audience, <laughs> but this is the guy running the CNN. That's like, yeah, the news is yeah. name calling half truths and desperation. That should tell you everything you need to know. But he took a you know major shot at the left there. I mean, yes. his days there must be numbered for yes. that. He can't do that. I would think. He Although can't do that. they've realized CNN, and this was predicted by Bill O'Reilly, was the minute Donald Trump was going to leave office, the mainstream media that was being propped up by nothing but anti-Trump coverage mm. had to crumble because without Trump in office, I mean, you could still be hating on him, but People are going to start tuning out because they're like, well, why, you know, at this point, why do we still care about Donald Trump? And if he wouldn't be throwing his hat into the ring, I would say at this point, that would still be true. Now he's trying to make himself relevant. So that that part, you know, kind of makes sense. Yeah. But they've been doing this for the last two years, even without any, oh, Donald Trump's going to run. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. it's just the way it is. They need him because they had nothing else. It's just like Keith Loberman. He's now. The two boogeymen are Donald Trump and Elon Musk. And everybody's mad because Elon Musk is silencing them. It's like, well, what did you think you were doing to conservatives for <laughs> however many years that went on? Yeah. Turnabout. It's like, what, how could anybody do that? It's like, but you how can, can do that. that? Uh-huh. How can they do that? Uh, and he didn't really, didn't he reinstate them all within nine hours or something like that? It wasn't a permanent thing. Was it because, I mean, I would be pissed off if I was doxxed or my kid or the, that incident with his kid was pretty troubling. Uh, and that is the question of like, what kinds of things there is a balancing act because we know as nice as it would be, oh, it would be horrible to be fair. I suppose as good as rational people can go with. You know, the best thing would be just 100% free speech. Everybody can say whatever they want. I believe that. But I also understand that will bring problems. Sure. Because there are things that are fully illegal, which, of course, as Twitter or whoever else, if somebody puts up child porn, that does not get protected under the free speech thing. And then there are other things that are questionable. It's like I feel bad for people that are in the public eye to the extent that Elon Musk and Taylor Swift or anybody with that kind of 
uh, fan base, you're also going to bring some stalkers along. Sure. And in one clip, uh, we'll give Keith Loberman credit. He showed some empathy for Elon Musk's wife, who there's a stalker that's been going after her and his children. And he's like the same thing had happened to him. And no, you know, this should not happen to anybody where people are like, oh, I know. I know, Larry, you're sending me those coded messages. I'm picking them up. Yeah. You're, you're sending me those secret coded messages. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I get it. But it's like that would fall under free speech. This question of should people be allowed to follow minute by minute where Elon's jet is or where Taylor Swift's jet is, you know, I can see where that would be a security thing, but that is also publicly accessible information. Yeah. But as the left has been telling us for how many years now, nah, they're all private companies. They can do what they want. But now all of a sudden, mm. now all of a sudden that what they want to do is what the left doesn't like. Now this is where, you know, Joey, maybe we should take a look at Elon. <laughs> Maybe oh, we yeah. should take a look. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe. Well, they're maybe. already looking. I, in fact, I saw a thing last night. There was nothing to clip. It was just a text thing. But is the, the, was, what are we on? Like the fifth or sixth Twitter dump now by Musk and Taibbi. And um, this was really chilling. The, F, the FBI was telling Twitter to shut off people with guys making jokes who had fewer than a thousand followers. So it's a pretty good bet there. Bucko, that you and I were under their scrutiny. Oh, yeah. Because I saw I saw what these guys wrote, and it was pretty innocuous compared to the things I've said. And I've got a whopping whatever the fuck it is. I don't know, sixteen seventy. It's not, not big at all, but bigger than some of these guys that they uh, were landing on in order Twitter to uh, to silence. Holy shit! Yeah, there was a New York Post article from Saturday, which I mean, of course, that's going to get a lot of. Uh, mm. A lot of juice. You throw it on the weekend if always you've got somebody maybe actually doing some journalism and the editors are like, we don't want this in the in the weekly paper. But the article, this was a guy named John Levine wrote the article. Twitter's top ranks riddled with ex FBI employees. And it's an interesting read. It is. When you realize how many people jumped from the FBI. Mm-hmm. to work at Twitter, you know, often in roles that would just make you laugh, you know, yep. that it's, it's like, what, this does not, this does not seem right that, uh, this was going on, but you see exactly how ingrained that people that worked in the law enforcement and government agencies found their way into Twitter and you ask yourself, well, why was that just, was it just a really good job that they could leave their government job for? Or was this a way for them to continue right. their, whatever their, uh, their plan or their directive was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know which way I come down on it. Yeah. But like I said, a very interesting read for people who want to follow that kind of stuff. And you realize the, I don't think there's any question that there's a very incestuous relationship between tech and government, but it starts explaining why it seems that the tech sector, it was not going equally after people of various different political leanings. And that was what they've been trying to disprove for how long. Oh no, no, we're 
that's not we're not going after conservatives more mm-hmm. these uh, twitter files seem to show otherwise sure and i'm pretty sure it was just jack covering his own ass with the oh no no no, no release everything yeah like what do you think there's more like there's there's some secret file that was showing how you were going you working against joe biden sure if you had that you should have kept it jack and uh you should be the one releasing it never gonna happen no it is no. not uh let's see now we've got joey soup brain too is that the song that's this i just threw that in there i was having trouble being this it's christmas season digging up rants and rages i know people are sort of in a more of a uh uh, more positive state of mind. I know. How uh, dare they? And how dare they? And even you, I mean, you had to reach back uh, quite a distance for some of the ones I, w- I was trying to look, get something, you know, more fresh, but they're just, the, the shelves were empty and keeping with the economy, the economy, the raid shelves were, uh, were barren. Um, so I threw that in there just in case, you know, you need a little something extra and it is Christmas time. So, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, there's yeah, nothing but, wrong. We'll throw that one on at the end. I mean, that's right. a beautiful yeah. song to throw on so people can okay. enjoy that. Yeah. And they can, uh, you know, have it so when they're gathering with their families yes, on Christmas Eve, well, really, they should just go to thatlarryshow.com and grab the Christmas episodes. Because, I mean, I think you should play the Charlie Brown thing for everybody on Christmas just to, you know, if you have any children, I mean, no, don't do well, this to kids that you're going to, like, scar for life if they're, like, five. You know, no. Kids but- are, like, 12. Yeah, twelve and up is good. Um, but but the, but this song, I mean, it's for like the thing that came out over Thanksgiving from the White House. If that if that uncle if that uncle sits down at the table, here's the talking points to you know shove it shove it back up his ass, you know, from, from the White House. <laughs> so you know if that if the other side comes and you want to trigger some people, you know, you should put on this MP3 and okay. any <laughs> Biden fans at the table watch their heads explode. That's, oh man, uh, I can only imagine. You know, sitting around, everybody's having a good time. Yeah, between Bing Crosby and right. uh, George Michael comes this. Right. <laughs> You're sitting there maybe after dinner, having a nice glass of wine or sipping yeah. on a bourbon. And all of a yeah. sudden there comes Joey, the soup brain Nazi or whatever the where lyrics are. And that would yes. be awesome. Would be awesome. Be fun. I do highly recommend that. Now, did we've got a, a Tina clip? Is this a holiday a, clip or uh, we've got a holiday clip uh, from from Tina? I checked uh, our buddy Scott uh, Labido, and he did something. Um, you know, if you want to post it, uh, a link to it on the, the show page, you might. It it's a fabulous piece to watch. I mean, that guy really is versatile. He really is because he does some pretty fabulous artwork, and he did a he did a shtick. With a ventriloquist, but as you know, <laughs> ventriloquist acts require video. Right. So to clip it would be stupid. But if you watch this thing, he's fucking good. He does an act with a with a with a really creepy looking dummy wearing a tinfoil hat. And um, you know, we should we should probably put a link uh, for people to look at it. Uh, hey, it's, I it's do an act with a creepy looking dummy every Wednesday. <laughs> I know he's listening right, right now. So uh, right, right. You got to make sure it's the right day. Uh, that would be grumpy yeah. old bands. Everybody should listen to that, though. It's good. They should. That's fantastic with the fabulous Ryan Bemrose. I mean, oh my god, you two guys, you guys are a wonderful team. You really are. Did you say fabulous, Ryan? I'm gonna. I can't. Wish I could roll that tape back. Well, sure, he is fabulous. He is. I mean, and there he is. He's as much. You know, in, in Fort Courage, surrounded by the enemy as I am, wherever the fuck he is up in the Northwest. I mean, oh, yeah. God, that's that's Antifa land. Yeah, that and, is. Uh, I mean, we're at know, least so. out in the suburbs of Chicago yeah. where we've got we've got backup. 
Exactly. Well, we th- we like to think that way, but uh, yeah, maybe not. I guess it all maybe depends not. what happens when the uh, when the bad stuff starts happening. Yeah, when shit hits the fan, remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, TGIF Patriots. So okay, what's with the music? That's that's her, <laughs> her new thing, again. right? She was in that was in last week's clip, and I don't know. Yeah, you know, she really has to talk to us. She should either like dial it down to a very low volume or lose it entirely but yeah I, i'm not kidding that yeah we don't want the club vibe tina come on no no so not only is it freestyle friday to me but on friday we wear red and american flags because we love our country and we love our troops and we always remember them remember everyone deployed god bless you january big announcements coming enjoy the holidays I love you all, and it's Trump 2024, motherfuckers. Fuck out of here. Mwah. <laughs> now, that may be the first time ever in the in the history of the world where somebody blew a big kiss and said, fuck out of here. Could be. <laughs> what about it's the first something. time in the Bronx? No, you're right. In the Bronx, it's the cop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to remember the troops. My mom was telling me a story uh, that somebody that she knows, their like, daughter's husband, somebody died that was a military guy and they of course you get the full military funeral and they're going through the whole bit you know and yeah. you you get buried with honors and you got the 21 gun salute and mm-hmm. that they're all sitting there and everybody's very somber and they come over with a flag that's folded up and they're like well here's you know a flag for to commemorate his service you know and it's signed by mm-hmm. the president and she looks down and goes Oh, fuck. It's Biden. He would have hated this. <laughs> They're like, everybody just kind of like laughed, but uh, yeah. was yeah. like, there's your honest reaction of her husband was a military guy, yeah, served with honor and getting a Biden flag. She's like, oh, he would have hated this, hate this yeah. and dropped the F-bomb. And of course, everybody was like, oh, whoa. Yeah. Like you, can't, you don't get to choose the president, unfortunately, when you uh, when you get buried like yeah. can we trade this in for a trump or anybody besides biden yeah it's probably an ebay could get one like that i'll bet maybe out there hey donald trump will sign a flag for you for a thousand dollars don't you worry about it get is, one that of it. The fee? is that is that true will he do that i don't know what his exact fee is but those trading yeah. cards that he just made money on yeah i don't know what to mean i mean i thought they really looked idiotic but then oh, yeah. they they all sold out and he pocketed for the campaign i guess four and a half million in a couple of hours or something so maybe it wasn't so goofy i don't know but these, they looked really stupid to these me, scam of nfts i was talking about that somewhere maybe it was on one of the other eight thousand shows that we got my dad yeah. last year for christmas donald trump came out with a photo book of his mm-hmm. president presidential years oh. and they were they weren't horribly priced by the you know, Bob Dylan, the one that was auto penned was like 600 bucks. So this wasn't badly priced at 250 bucks, but I was thinking that was a ready towards the high end for a Donald Trump yeah. signature. And we ordered one right away. I'm like, should have, yeah, should, should I order two? It's my whole thing. Like when ordering autographed Taylor Swift stuff, should I order like five? Should I order 10? Which always because they'll yeah. go up and I ordered yeah. one and they sold out nearly immediately. And before it even shipped to us, they were selling for over a thousand bucks on eBay. Oh shit! So Donald Trump signatures are uh, are a yeah. thing, but yeah, if he wants to raise some cash, he'll be like, "Yeah, we'll sign that flag. We just send that, that flag." Although knowing Donald Trump, if a military wife 
would send in an autographed Joe Biden flag, he'd probably swap it out and send him uh, a Trump flag out. (laughs) Seems like something that's what I would do if I were Donald Trump. Be like, oh, yeah, we normally charge, you know, whatever price. Oh, you've got a Biden flag. I'm sorry. Let me take care of that. Some people might just be like, you just cross out Joe Biden and uh, and write Donald Trump on there. Maybe that'd be funny. That'd be worth some dough. (laughs) Yes, it would. Yeah. Yes, it would. A lot of yeah. people got George Bush baseballs, you know, because he was in that baseball world. Uh, but, you know, Donald Trump, if you have a Donald Trump signature, hold on to those. They're probably worth something. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the NFT thing, um, and I guess it's first cousin to uh, FTX. Oh, yeah. I came across, uh, you know, the one thing I used to watch on TV with my kids is they were big fans of Shark Tank. Oh, yeah, Kevin O'Leary. Yeah, the only shark I could ever really stomach was him. I like Mr. Wonderful. He was so acerbic and nasty <laughs> and fun and, and actually authentic compared to the rest of them. But holy shit, um, somebody put together a supercut of him extolling the virtues of FTX. I mean, he said some incredibly stupid shit. Um, wow. And he allegedly he lost. Again, you don't know what to believe. He claims he lost like 10 or 11 million but then others say it was just the money that they were going to pay him for all the, the, the flogging he did. So it wasn't like out of pocket. It was money yet to come. So I don't know where right. the truth lies. Who the fuck knows? Right. Was it money invested or was it money owed? Those would be. Yes. Two very big, different things. Just like when you're working for a company and like, hey, we'll pay you in stock. Yeah. That could be worth a lot if the company does well, but it could also be worth yeah. next to nothing. And it, it's. One thing for sure, all of the crypto land has been down because of the FTX again, because people don't understand what the difference is between that and Bitcoin. They don't understand the difference between Bitcoin and all of the other altcoins. Mm. I mean, I still don't really understand why anybody wants NFTs unless it's tied to a physical object. Right. That I get that. I think that is where collectibles are going with no question about that mm-hmm. because it allows people to buy and sell things without having to store them. Right. Which is great. And that's how all these companies now that deal with sports cards and sports memorabilia, that's every one of them now is rushing to get into the vaulting business mm-hmm. where it's like, send us your stuff. We'll verify it. Then we'll give you a code. So that way. You know, you can do whatever you want with it, but it stays here until somebody pays the 50 bucks or whatever it is to get it out and ship it back or whatever. Yeah. Which to me still seems like a pretty good scam. If you have a big warehouse to be like, well, no, we've got it. It's all, uh, you know, we have security and sure you do. How do we know? You How got, do we know that? You got to show me what that? you got going on there. Of course. <laughs> Who knew that FDX didn't have a, even have a single accountant? Well, yeah, see, that should also be a very sure, (laughs) but you were absolutely right in that the show you did two shows ago about getting taken and it is totally about ego. It is totally a narcissistic thing Mm -hmm. that, well, the get rich quick schemes go well beyond that. But for the people that are going to lose big money, that's what it is. You play upon that ego and it's like, well, no. All you got to do is get one other guy, which is why having somebody like O'Leary tied to it. Sure. That you can point to because you'd be like, oh, 
Well, if Kevin O'Leary put money into it, this must be something. He's I've watched him on Shark Tank. He's very frugal with his money. He's not going to invest in some fly by night scam. Yeah. And that it turns out maybe he did. But nobody understands the the whole thing. And people are absolutely right when they're like, well, fiat's really not worth anything either because we don't have a gold standard anymore. No. We just keep printing money, which is really no different than crypto. It's just a question of who's in control of it. So true. And you know, when I went down the, uh, the O'Leary rabbit hole, I found out, I didn't know that, it, I, that he's, a, he's a guitar guy. He's a guitar collector. Did you know that? I did not. Does I he play or does he just collect? <laughs> well, it's really funny. It's really it's funny, you should say, because you know, these guys, it's never enough. To me, there's nothing sillier than uh, some, some besuited business guy uh, strapping on a Les Paul and trying to act like a rocker, you know? <laughs> so I, I stumbled on this interview of O'Leary with Randy Bachman, okay, of BTO. Right. And, you know, Bachman's a legit, uh, he's a legit guy. He's, he's a very good guitar player and a good musician, songwriter, et cetera. And so they're both sitting on this TV stage with some Pop-Tart chick who's the, the hostess talking about guitars and music. And then uh, O'Leary asked a very good question. He said, okay, let's get to the business of, of music, uh, Randy. Um, you know, in your day, Bachman Turner Overdrive, it wasn't easy, but you, you could see the money. It was, you'd, you'd, you'd lay down a, a, you know, you'd go to the studio, you'd make some tracks, you'd release the record. It was physical media. You'd collect the, your royalties. Uh, boom. Um, today, that's all, it's all been blown to hell. Thanks to digitization. Um, talk to all the kids in the audience here who would like to make a living as musicians or performers. How do they do it? Great question. Right? And the Great answer? <laughs> Fucking Bachman just blew right by it. He said, uh, well, you know, it's really, they have to be dedicated to their craft. You have to be willing to take the, the ups and downs and, and stick with it when the odds are against you. He, he didn't answer the question at all. At all. He and probably this, didn't know. He right? probably didn't know. That's my guess. Yes. And then the chick goes, okay, well, thank you, Randy. And now Dennis and uh, Dennis and Randy are going to take us out with uh, you know some blues shit, and so Bachman he he he's, he's doing some stuff and he's pretty good. He had like a I think it was like an arch top with a single cutaway, and O'Leary's got a he's got a Les Paul strapped over his shoulder. <laughs> it was really funny because Bachman does his thing, and then when he's done, when it's time for 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 O'Leary to jump in, which any you know reasonable musician would know Bachman had to point to him like, okay, it's your turn. Start playing, start playing. And then O'Leary, he's doing some kind of blues riffing stuff, which was, I mean, it was okay. Was he great? No, he wasn't the worst I've heard, but it was really funny. It's never enough for these guys. You know, I have to, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very rich suit. I'm a TV star. I'm worth a lot of money. I guess, I guess O'Leary is, but I want to be a rock star too. So watch me. And then there are all these other clips of him, on CNBC, talking guitars. Here, when I got here's one I got autographed by uh, Les Paul, and so forth. It's really crazy. Well, the music business is crazy overall. Oh yeah, it's different now as we can just watching the Taylor Swift ticket debacle and the Springsteen mm-hmm. with Ticketmaster, and then you see what they make on albums or don't when it, when it comes down to streaming now. Yeah, but some it's still out of control springsteen is doing a tour 
and next year, and he's doing 31 dates, I think, in the U.S. and 31 in Europe. And wow. he does live recording for every show as he has for the last couple of tours through nugs.net, which is a company that does live music and nothing but. And they have subscription services where you can go monthly and then just stream the stuff. And then you can also buy the stuff in MP3 or in uncompressed flack, or you can buy it on CD or whatever you want. And then they'll, they'll ship it to you. But they're like, well, pre-order your set by, you know, it's a special box set for the tour for the 31 days of the U S or the 31 days of the EU. And for the digital flack files, I think it was like still 700 bucks. And I'm like, wow. So let me get this straight. You can either live stream the show from the comfort of your own home for a fee or get the, the process downloads for 700 bucks. Is that, if I get that straight? Yeah, but well, you can pay monthly and then they'll have it in their, in their archive. So as long as you like have a Netflix, you can go in, pick any concert and listen to it. Okay. They do video for some. I don't know if Springsteen's doing video. Mm-hmm. This would just be for the audio portion, but there are some artists that they will stream the concert on Nugs the night of the show which is kind of cool because i hate going out to concerts now that people are dicks yes i agree maybe i mean i would i thought about going to see jack white he did a surprise show as his last show of this tour and it was in chicago but it was on the north side and i'm like i'm not going to the north side of chicago for for anything because it's not worth it but he's at least one of the artists that lets uh, makes people put their phones in a locked container so you can't have it out during the show because cell phones have really ruined uh, the whole concert experience. They've ruined everything. They've ruined the world. But I just thought that was a horribly high price to be like, well, I want all of the 31 shows. You know, I thought, you know, especially when you're dealing with digital files. Yeah. Because we all understand that there's this thing called piracy. Mm-hmm. And I may or may not have all of the Springsteen concerts that have been released already. And yeah. I would pay a fair price, but not that. No, that's just a little bit too high. Keith Richards just turned 79. Can you believe that? Happy birthday, Keith. I saw that. I saw a picture of him and his wife. Is it Patty Hanson, the blonde? I think so. Yeah. And they're married like, is 39 years sound right? Is that possible? Just like a normal old guy. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. Except death. I mean, he keeps missing them somehow. He must be the master of disguise when death comes around. That Keith. There was a, uh, not an article. There was a quote from him and I, I'm, I can see this being real. It seemed like one of those things that could be made up, but it was back, you know, from years ago, the stones were out on tour or whatever. And Keith had, there was a quote from him. That's like, well, our, our tour manager like pounds on the door of the dressing room and he opens it up and he's like, the police are here. The police are here. He's like, so Mick and I go and we, we just flush all of our stuff. And we walk back out and there's Stuart Copeland and Sting with the, with the manager. Like, oh, misunderstanding. Different police. Oh, but I could see yeah. that back in the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Now you've got a good, what is cat lady one? Is this about Jill Biden? No. This okay. Is, this I thought maybe this was like her plane, like Air Force One. Maybe it was like cat lady one. No, this is a, uh, this ran, um, this funny thing. I saw this, like I said, I was looking for fresh rants and, um, this was posted on YouTube five days ago. It, it this clip ran for, on Jesse waters, right? And the headline says mom dresses as a cat 
to combat woke schools. Okay. Oh, I saw this. Can, oh, you saw it. Okay. Yes. So you could play that. And then I'll give you when, when you, when the people hear it, I'll give you the, uh, the tagline of how the same exact clip was, uh, was labeled from the young Turks. Oh, well, I can imagine. Okay. Any kid in those schools could tell you that men and women are not the same. Just like they could tell you this cat lady isn't a cat. I am a cat. Meow, meow. I'm not a woman dressed as a cat. I am a cat. By show of hands, I'm curious uh, how many of you believe and confess that I'm a cat? Great. I am, by show of hands, I'm curious how many of you believe that your child or a child from this school would believe that I'm actually a cat? No one. You are right. Truth prevails over imagination. Reality exists. Discernment is innate and something we are biologically wired to have. One look at me and you know this to be true. I am a woman posing as a cat. Yeah, okay. seems logical. Seems logical, right? Now, the same exact clip um, from Jenk, uh, what is it, Uyghur, Uyghur, whatever the hell his name is, and some, some broad with her hair up in a bun, that's labeled woman dressed like a cat goes on bigoted rant. Oh, was it unhinged? <laughs> didn't see it, but uh, that's it. See how bigoted that was? It was a bigoted rant. I mean, it, it's in, insane. And then when it, when they play the clip, like the first thing out of her mouth is, "That's a thirsty bitch." <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this shit up. Got to get her it's some milk. Crazy. Little little, little yeah, saucer. saucer milk. Yeah. So, but this is the reality, and we've kind of beat it to death over the last year or so. All this woke stuff and all of this. Well, no, no. The a woman is anybody that identifies as a woman like no you can't just identify as something and it doesn't make you that wait I mean, a minute wait a minute darren I know. if a supreme court justice cannot define what a woman is what makes you think you can <laughs> that's true as you just did yeah i have no idea i have okay. no idea all right i don't even want to get into uh yes into that because it's insane it is insane. You know, I could uh, identify as the next Rush Limbaugh, but I'm not making $30 million a year. Hey, did you see uh, Bongino's going to, uh, says he's going to ankle once his contract is up? Yeah, he's got like another year and a half left. Wow. But maybe it's just a negotiating ploy. I don't know. I think he said, he, I guess he's still doing his podcast along with it. So that's a rough gig, too, if you're doing yeah. two or three hours a day talk radio plus a podcast. Plus, I think he does a video. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's on Fox or something somewhere. I thought he has a video, uh, a TV show. I'm saying, yeah. although nobody really watches TV. Yeah. So you're probably streaming it on YouTube or wherever that is. Probably. But I think once you get to a certain point, you're better off doing your own thing. Meaning you yes. don't really need the, the uh, cumulus or whoever was paying the bill here for him to do the talk radio when you can just do it on your own when your audience yeah. is big enough you know especially when you've got the radio audience because he's got another year and a half to be like don't forget go to danbongino.com mm-hmm. so okay. when he's off the radio everybody's going to know where to find him it's not like when bill o'reilly left fox and started his own thing he wasn't able at the end of his fox run to be like don't forget go to billoreilly.com <laughs> but bongino bet he, can't bet he wishes he could have yeah uh-huh. oh yeah <laughs> And I think he's still doing pretty well. He seems like a very frugal guy. So I'm guessing he's got a lot of, uh, he's got a lot of cash. I don't think he's missing any meals. No, 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 no. He was complaining that he went for a smoothie out there on, uh, 
Staten Island, no, Long Island, Staten Island, wherever he is, that was like a $12 smoothie now because, you know, yeah. Biden inflation. Right. You know, everything's going to cover that. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't think that's a, a question at all. Yeah. We all wish we could be on the Bill O'Reilly network. Yes. We, we should be. We Yes, we should. But we should be like, hey, can I take that over for you? I mean, you're getting old, Bill. You need somebody. I mean, he only works <laughs> Monday through Thursday, which is better than, you know, a five day a week gig. But hey, you need somebody Friday. I mean, I could be. Yeah. I could be like the yeah. young Bill. I'm like 20 years younger. So, I mean, really, I'm go. old, but he's older. So. Yes, he is. You don't yeah. want uh, you don't want a kid doing it. He tried the one week when he went on vacation. He had Monica Crowley. Oh, do. Yeah the show and she was not good really well she was very much to the opinion side she was not which she's fine at doing opinion and that's the difference between news between what it used to be Mm -hmm. and what it's morphed into you and i were opinion guys yes bill o'reilly is still trying to be a journalist and his show even i'm sure he has biases but he actually is trying to cover the news accurately and not just be a mouthpiece for a political party. And Monica Crowley came across as nothing but a Uh-oh. Republican shill. Mm. And it's like, well, that's not the truth. Mm. We all know that. I mean, I don't believe the Democrats, but I certainly don't believe that Republicans either. Yeah. You got to get to the truth, which is why you need independent media, which is why you don't want to hit the microphone when you talk with your hands. And we are a value for value podcast here. Indeed, we are. And thanks to Kendra Lamont. Oh, we are. We are not just with the CSB donation today. We actually have a real donation. Thank you, Kendra. That's going to make CSB mad that I said that's his donation is not a real donation. (laughs) It's a joke, CSB. But Kendra came in with $20 like right before we started recording. Cool. And a note that says, Merry Christmas, Darren and Larry, XOXOXO, Kendra. Well, we appreciate you listening, Kendra. We do indeed. Thank you. And Merry Christmas to you. Yes. And we hope we can help you with your rage problems. Don't forget, if you're having family over for Christmas, you want to put on the Larry Blydner Christmas classics. Just mix them right on in there. See if anybody even notices. (laughs) Be like, that'd be one of those like double takes. Is somebody like, what did he just say? What is that cat? What? You know that Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that look people get where they're like, wait, did I just hear they get that very weird? Like what? That's what you'll get. Yeah. That is what you'll get. But we appreciate you listening. Kendra, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy new year, happy Hanukkah. I mean, Kwanzaa, whatever you're doing, Mm -hmm. have it, have it be a happy one. CSB. He came in with the boostergram because he loves the boostergrams and we make fun of it every now and then. You know, with crypto going down, I mean, I don't know, 15,033 Satoshis might be like a dollar today. I don't know what it is, but if everybody would do what CSB does every day, this show would be riding high. Yeah, that's true. He says, well, this is written, though. Let's all remember Mm -hmm. CSB's content is now written by the AI that is called Gregory William Forsyth Foreman. (laughs) It's a very interesting AI with an English bent. Yeah. It says, Darren, Larry, Merry Ragemus to you and yours. Oh, that's a good word. I like that. Yeah. yeah. That's 
there, I bet you a lot of people are going to be having one of those this weekend. May your rages be merry and bright. Kindly please remind your audience that by placing AI.cooking into any web browser or podcast app, they can be informed about artificial intelligence and entertained by, let's remember again, Gwiff is writing this, entertained by the silky, slick voice of magnanimously multi-talented Gregory Foreman. What do you mean Gregory Foreman? Who's that? I only know Gregory William Forsyth Foreman. Yeah. For dessert, do serve up funny. By enjoying the cartoons on display at www.csb.lol. Rage on, my dudes. Yo. Well, yo to you too, Gwiff and CSB. <laughs> May your holidays be happy and your Christmases be merry in the UK and wherever CSB is hiding now. Somewhere yes. out there. Somewhere out there. On yeah. the continent. Yeah. Not this one. No, we, can, we no. can't have that. No. We cannot have that, but we appreciate everybody for listening. We, we have fun. You yeah. know, we have fun. Now are we going to convene here next uh, Monday at this time. Same bad time, same bad channel or what? We were, we, we were undecided as of last week. What are you thinking, Darren? We can. I mean, I have not, I mean, unless something comes up, you never know with the weirdness yeah, in the, uh, right. In the holidays, we want to just, we can check back in with people. I mean, they'll probably you be, be, you may be 19 feet deep in snow by then. <laughs> right. I'll be like, Larry, do you got a snow plow? <laughs> Got to make sure that the uh, the blower of snow has ample gasoline. Do you have a snow blower? Oh yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, we got one. Um, I think right about the time I had all the issues with the eyes because it was like you don't want to be lifting yeah. up stuff no. and no, no. It does make it a lot easier. You just can't wait. A lot of people make that mistake that if you're getting six, eight, twelve inches of snow. That go, well, I'll just, I'll just let it fall and then go out there. No, no, <laughs> you don't no. want to do that. If, I mean, if you have a snow blower that costs like 10 grand, you might be able to do that. Well, the real thing I, you know, I used to struggle a lot of snow being a kid in New York and somewhere a few years ago, I saw these heated paving stones. I'm thinking, yeah, that's right. That's the shit right there, man. Just flick that switch and watch it melt on contact. But I suspect that you would know better. I suspect that you get a real, real serious blizzard. That's not going to beat back the the onslaught of snow. What do you think? It depends what it heats up to. And it would have to be done when your driveway was being poured or whatnot. And the other thing is they sell these kind of things for floors. Mainly people use them in bathrooms. Some people will go crazy and put them in basements and things like that. And basically what they are is just a little grid that if there's any problem, if any one of those little connections goes bad, Mm. then the whole thing stops working. Yeah. Like the old Christmas lights. Uh Uh-huh. What is it? Parallel or series circuit? I forget which one. I used to know that shit, but I forgot. If it's right. If it's in series and I think uh, if you, if you break the chain, then you're dicked, you got bad things going on. But if you have the ability to have something heat up, it doesn't even have to be really warm. It just has to be over freezing to be able to melt the stuff off. Although I love the videos of the people that are using flamethrowers to just melt. <laughs> I haven't seen those, but I want to. Now, uh-huh. now that's the way to have fun. When, if everybody yeah. else is out there in the neighborhood. Just imagine that shoveling or they got their snow blowers out there. And mm. you just come out and like, and then start that thing up and have a flame like 20 feet long coming out. <laughs> 
just melting everything. I mean, you got to be careful because then it'll freeze right back up if it's cold yes. enough. Yes. And we're getting down. And this is the, you know, what they call the perfect storm kind of scenario, because not only are we allegedly getting 11 inches plus from Thursday morning to Friday night by Saturday and Sunday, the high is supposed to be like six degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. So you yeah. add some blowing snow to that. Mm-hmm. You're ice. in for it, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. So hopefully by uh, Saturday for Christmas Eve and well, who's really in for it? And I know that uh, our, our buddies out in the Seattle area don't have the same problem, but uh, Lady Get Over It and uh, Sir Hopscotch. Like oh, my- by the way, let me take this opportunity to thank them for their beautiful Christmas card. You'll see you got one, too. I did. I mean, they don't look like crazy conspiracy theorists at all. No. But they're UPS drivers like my brother-in-law. Who I'm like, oh, my God, Thursday and Friday, the two days before Christmas Eve, like the two busiest days UPS has for the whole year. The weather is going to be snow nonstop. Yeah, that's not going to be pretty. They won't be wearing shorts on those routes <laughs> for damn sure. No, yeah. no. I know they, they get helpers, which is maybe the only good thing, because that way that good. they don't have to leave the truck. Good. You just throw the helper out with the package and let them run run that up to the door yeah but we got the uh we got the christmas card too here and it was made out very cool to they're grumpy really good old people too yeah they're they cool really people yes and they listen to all these shows so, i mean i wait they may be a little mentally deranged because they listen to this show they listen to grumpy old bags hey, they listen to unrelenting what do you say they're they have they're people of great taste and discernment Dennis. ah yes that's exactly what wrong I with you i'm sorry i was completely wrong the, the mentally deranged are listening to the young turks and uh oh yeah and keith oberman American shit like that keith yeah. yeah and believing what they're hearing yes don't do that uh, see brooklyn do just that. sent in a boostergram for one two three four five say mary ragin thank you we always made we always rage merrily we do we need some see now if we had artists like csb out there where's some artwork like a raging santa claus like a, just a santa just screaming with fire coming out of his ears yeah i mean we did for the first time change up the artwork in the last episode by adding a fedora with a blue stripe on there just in honor of we, the Sinatra episode. We did, except <clears throat> I saw that. I'm, I'm, I'm not one to criticize, but, Uh-oh. but I don't believe that was a fedora. It looked more like a Hamburg or some type of, uh, um, you know, a derby. Because your typical fedora, I mean, you can wear them with a the brim snapped up all around, a la Leo Gorsi from uh, Eastside Kids. But I think that was more of a Hamburg. And Frank was definitely a fedora guy. I never, yes. I, yeah, I don't think I ever saw him. In a, he might have. He may have worn a a Hamburg in uh, Robin and the Seven Hoods. It's possible, but I'm not sure. Well, so yeah. we got to figure that out because otherwise, it's not accurate. Which, by the way, is the people who are freaks for um, Ocean's Eleven. It's a good movie. It is, but Robin and the Seven Hoods. If you dig the Rat Pack, much better. Much better. No, no doubt. Yeah, all those movies are fun. They are. I mean, they're not exactly going to be something that you're going to go, wow, that was cinematic greatness. But it was this was the original, like a bunch of guys getting together and working together and just having fun. Exactly. 
So definitely check that. And I was the closest thing I could find in clip art. I was like, let's what fits this yeah. our, our current one. I'm probably the only guy that looked at that and thought that's not exactly a fedora because I'm that kind of a pain in the ass, <laughs> which is why we have you here on Planet Rage. <laughs> Every podcast needs its pain in the ass. You got to keep me honest. No question. And if everybody <laughs> wants to come in with the value for value, little time, talent, treasure action, you go to planetrage.show slash donate. All the information is there and how you can help support this little show for another year as we head into 2023. But thanks to Kendra and CSB for being Indeed. producers on this show. Thank you. And we, I think we have everybody all set now for Christmas. They know they need to play yeah. some Larry Christmas carols. You what need, do you got coming up for random thoughts this week? Do you know yet? Thoughts of a blizzard, probably, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, you're going to, yeah, yeah. Something like that, because it's been a while since we've had, uh, I think there was one day, one storm last year that dumped this kind of stuff. But otherwise, it's been a while since, and um, you're always worried with, the ability of the weather forecasters, because when they say here in Chicago, this could still go either way. This on Monday, when they say it's going to snow Thursday through Friday and be like 11 inches, we could get nothing. There's yeah. still that possibility. But then there's also the possibility we'll get three feet of snow because they're like, oh, we we're wrong. They never yeah. know. They never know. So there'll be something fun, whatever it is, the random thoughts, it'll be random. It'll mm -hmm. barely be a thought, as you mentioned in your last show, six years of that Larry show. Doing a solo show is a different set of skills. It is. And a lot more work, I might add. Yeah, well, that's no fun. No. <laughs> we want less work and more listeners. <laughs> I know. That's exactly what we want. But it yeah. is rare to have good solo shows, which is that Larry show, random thoughts. I like the Bandrew Says podcast. That's great. Yeah. I mean, is, is AI dot cooking a solo show? I mean, it's Gwiff by himself reading the thoughts of CSB. So that's a solo show. Technically. Yeah. Sir Bemrose's angry tech news, a solo show, Billy bones, yes. a walk yes. through the mind. That's True. a solo show. Yes. You know, there's more than I thought. You're right. Yeah. So that's gives, it's a different kind of a concept. It is. It's oddly more voyeuristic because it seems like you're more just listening to somebody's thoughts rather than being a part of a conversation. Maybe it waits its own network, the lone wolf podcast network. How about that? That would be good. We just got a 10,000 Satoshi boost from NetNed. Oh, wow. Thanks NetNed. We should just keep going with this Christ. show. Maybe by five o'clock we'll be rich. This, right. is, this is okay. Just keep bringing in a boostergrams. Merry Christmas. And you need a two stage <laughs> blower. That's what she said. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Only a two-stage blower, maybe a three or four. But I think there are, I think it is a one. It, it's not the right. cheapest like Toro that's out there. It was like kind of in the middle, but I remember back in the day because ours just has a, a big rubber blade that kind of is, uh, there's kind of like flat fins and they kind of spin where the ones that had like the big corkscrew kind of big metal blade that's what my parents had when i was a kid and the blade was metal which meant you could really dismember somebody with Ooh. the blower we had then now they're like they're just it's like rubber i mean you'll slap somebody really hard with it and i'm sure it could do damage mm. but a big rubber blade not quite the same thing no. as 
the big churning metal blades. Yeesh. So that thing was a it was a mobile wood chipper, really. Pretty thing. much. Wow. CSB with another three thousand sats, just saying oh Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, CSB. CSB. Thank you. And I'm sure there will be some Christmas flavored art at www.csb.lol. I hope so. But this is why we do the show. We're having fun. And if you're not here live when we're doing the shows, you miss out. You just have to go to trollroom.io or noagendastream.com on Mondays, one o'clock central time. So figure out where that is, where you are, and then you can just tune in and have a lot of fun. We know Digi Guru is always around. Net Ned, the Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer, Baron Spud, the mighty Sir Bemrose, because he wants to tell us when we're wrong. <laughs> and that's just are. that's just well, right? Yeah, but we don't say we are. I mean, that <laughs> would be that would be insane to let people know that you know that we know yeah. that they know that we're wrong. True. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the show will look like next week, but we'll probably just come check in on yeah. your Christmas. So, I mean, if you're a little hungover, maybe a little too much, uh, whether it's food or drink. I know I placed the order today for the the six pound beef tenderloin Ooh. from the local uh, the local butcher out here. Nice. So I'll be making that over at my parents. And normally we we're just doing, and this this really what it cost my parents money because my mom's like, uh, you know, once you're in your eighties, you're like, eh, we'll just just get the better stuff. That's my mom's yeah. theory on everything. Because yeah. yeah, we, right. we were normally, you know, getting the grocery store here has great deals. And it's always been really good. The beef tenderloin, which there were some years it was like $7.99 to $9.99 a pound, which is like nothing for beef tenderloin. Mm. Now, the choice this year there at the grocery store was $17.99. And I was like, well, look, the meat market, that's also mm. $17.99 choice. But then there's the choice or prime that's from believe it or not they rate it by within 250 miles of chicago so the cow that we're going to be eating on christmas grew yeah. up and spent its whole life within 250 miles of chicago oh really and it was the the highest grade they had available so we're going to see if this is to that extent better so i have to be on my game it's fun except for the fact that i like to brown the outside so you take a you know a nice frying pan or two depending on how large the tenderloin is i guess i can cut them in half sure but you brown the outside in a frying pan to get it started and i will usually be able to start setting the smoke detectors off in the house because how are you gonna <laughs> how do you brown the outside of a tenderloin without you know you want to sear it very quickly and you want to get it super hot and then you just get the outside brown and then you get it into the oven for the nice slow cooking. So uh, well, don't you have an exhaust fan in your range hood? You know, it sh- they should. I mean, it, it's yeah. there. We'll see how good it works. Right. Because they the people that put the kitchen in for my parents, which was done fairly recently, they used to have a vent that went up through the attic, which makes sense. Yes. Then they got a replaced that stove years and years and years ago with an electric Gen Air mm-hmm. that was vented low. So that ended up being vented low through the cabinet. Oh, good. Now, this one, because they replaced that then, this is how many years we're going in this house with another one that was a gas range. It is another one above, but rather than, well, we should just run it up through the attic. They like turned it and ran it out 
the wall through the cabinet. So I'm like this, the airflow may not be all that great is what no, I'm getting to. No. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So you took the Maybe, lazy route. Yeah. It's terrible. Right. Exactly. Which is what contractors have a tendency to do. Isn't that something? Why uh-huh. do you do that? I think I know. Yes. Because they're stupid. <laughs> it's like, all again, they're cheap. <laughs> right. And if I wasn't, you know, I wasn't there when all this was being done, yes. but I'm, and my parents probably have totally forgotten because it's been years, but it's like the, the crawl space where the vent was going through, went through the doors for the crawl space were in my bedroom when I was a kid. So I was well-versed in what was going on in mm. the attic there. And once mm-hmm. they pulled the old one out, this is where I was already playing with microphones. When they pulled the thing out to go to the electric gen air stove and we're no longer, of course, running the vent up into the crawl space, there was still that hole that went down. Oh. So I would take a, a microphone and run that down through the hole so I could listen to what was going on in the kitchen. Whoa. So you were, you were like a broadcaster, but also half uh, like CA spook or something. Right. You want to be able to balance. Right. Wow. Now I wish I had some of the microphones that were in these devices now. Yeah. But that is another story for another time. No, I did not have a race car bed. Did you guru? It was a pirate. <laughs> it was a pirate ship one. It was a big pirate wheel as the headboard. Well, that's cool. Like that. Arg, now I've got one eye, so I don't know. That really <laughs> one thing might lead to another. That could be why. You better get a patch for that, though. I know. Picture. It would be that would be better. It might help. Yeah. <laughs> With all that said, we will be back next week on Monday. Have a very Merry Christmas. Indeed. Listen to Larry singing, not me. Do not listen to me singing. Oh. But uh then tell everybody to listen to these shows. That's the best thing you can do. It's the Christmas present that will keep on giving. Yeah. The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Whole world going to shit. Planet. Trudeau, Macron, and Zelensky, Orban, Maduro, Meloni, and Xi. But can you understand the most famous leader in this land? Joey, the supreme leader. I got hairy legs. Always has ten yards stare. And if you look a bit closer, you might say he's not all there. But I learned about roaches. All of the other leaders laugh at him behind his back. They watch his every movement, wondering when his face will crack. Botox, hair plugs, and porcelain teeth cannot disguise his age. And if he misses his noontime nap, oh, nothing can stop his rage. What I said. By seven o'clock, it's day's end. 
Dr. Jill will tuck him in. She'll button up his PJs as he steps into some fresh deep pens. Watch me. Joey, the soup brain leader, likes to think he's in control. Yeah, no, 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 I don't know. But mostly he's just napping till they dose him up with Adderall. When they turn on those cameras, Joey sputters, blinks, and stares. Until that hot shot kicks in, that's when he becomes aware. Then he shakes his fists and shouts as if he is King Kong. After this speech, when it's time to chill out, he can take a hit from Hunter's bomb. All of the smooth brains love him, even though he makes no sense. Ah, Joey the soup brain leader. His brain is so smooth and dense. Joey the soup brain leader. His brain is so smooth and dense. But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. <laughs> <laughs>